Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, August the 27th in 2021 on When I Rise. Today we get to the end of year B, proper week 17, which is the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Friday of the week, we like to take a look at the gospel text from the Revised Common Lectionary, this source that the church has to lead its church through a study and liturgy throughout the Bible in three-year cycles. And so uh, here for this week and the text that have been provided, we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark. So we're going to leave John behind and go Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 8, 14 and 15, and then 21 and 23. So they kind of carved out some verses here. But let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along a theme that we find there this morning. Thanks for making this party of morning and win our eyes. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 8, 14 and 15, and then 21 through 23. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus. And some saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? Jesus replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have... Let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Again, Jesus called to the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. This is the word of God for us. I believe it was Thomas Merton who said that at times we can go through life climbing a ladder only to realize that it's leaned up against the wrong building. And I think that's such a a wonderful metaphor. Uh, Wonderful because I think it's right to the point, but scary because I think uh, we've been told to go earn, uh, to go achieve, to climb. And uh, I think along the way we have these gut check moments where we say to ourselves, like, is this really all worth it, right? But I think we can't help it. Human beings, we're driven, we have ambition, and something happens to us when we find something that we fall in love with. We initially are quite agnostic to it, you know, we could give or take it, but then it like lands on our self map and then we begin to learn more about it. Then we fascinate about it. And we grow deeper in our knowledge of it. And something happens that as we go higher and higher on the rungs of the ladder, we fail to ask ourselves, is what I'm doing like really worth it? And is it 
providing me for like the lived in community that would help me to enjoy this with others and not just enjoy this with myself because something happens. There's like inflection points along the way of our passion where we can uh, burn bridges with people. We, uh, we turn friendships over and we forget about people. And if we're not careful, that moment of losing a friend or having a friend storm out on us or having even like people near to us, like spouses and kids or best friends, lifelong friends, and they begin to say to us, like, you've lost your mind. You're overly committed to this thing. It's not really worth it. That when we lose them, we don't see it as a warning sign, but we see it as like an achievement in and of itself, that we are willing to give more than other people who are climbing the ladder next to us on this thing, that we're so committed to it that we're willing even to allow loved ones and friends and family members to disown us and ghost us because we're committed to this thing and we're gonna be rewarded as we continue on this hard journey. Like some people just have the personality that like something's not true unless they come out bleeding. But I think all of us, have access uh, to be so focused on something uh, that it really, we get to the top of the ladder and we realize, oh my goodness, this is leaned against the wrong building and all of my effort and all that I've given for this cause really is meaningless. And I think that's at the heart of what Jesus is doing here. I mean, in and of themselves, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law are not bad people. And Jesus is even, he's interacting with them. And even Mark's clear, like they gather around him. And uh, they begin to notice that his disciples don't follow the same rules they do when it comes to ceremonial washings, right? And so Mark gives us this parenthetical piece here in the first couple of verses to clue us into what's going on here. What is the whole disagreement? Uh, But there seems to be like this extra commitment from the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Like they're not even going to like eat hummus and pita unless they have their hands washed in front of everyone to prove to them that they are a clean person, even as they go to the dinner table. But Jesus like sees right through it. He says, you like lean on these traditions in order to, I don't know, somehow prove that you're better than everyone else, um, that you're more committed to this life of God than the rest of us are. And so Jesus turns, like this is a vibrant discussion in his day. We know that from the material that we find in antiquity. But Jesus says, it's not what goes into a person that makes them unclean like you teach, but it's what comes out of a person. That is the battleground. The battleground is not what's on the table and what we do before we get to the table. The battleground is that there is some, there's like a rogue self within us that causes us to live unclean lives. And so Jesus is like, I am more interested than what's going on inside of us than what's going on on the outside of us. And I think that's important. So what Jesus is ultimately saying is, Pharisees teach a lot, like I love your enthusiasm, but the ladder you're climbing is leaned up against the wrong building. And if you're not careful, you are going to uh, not only run everyone else out of your life, but you're going to have this great dissonance within you because this road only leads to self-judgment, where you heap shame upon yourself because you can't keep the rules that you want everyone else to keep as well. And therefore, shame and condemnation will be heaped up upon you. And so Jesus says there's actually a more profitable battle to engage in. Something that goes on deep within us. And I thought, that, I thought this once. And I may have picked it up from an author that I can't retrieve their name now. But it's something that I think about from time to time. Is that what if we treated life, the, the Christian life that you and I have, is not like enemies. Like, I'm against this person. 
uh, and we can like draw battle lines between other people. But what if we say, no, the only battle worth fighting is the battle within. Like I am my own enemy. Now, I would want to give us over to uh, self-condemnation and self-hate. I think we got to avoid that as well. But I find it more interesting to say there is a rogue agent at work deep within me and it's myself. And no one put that rogue self there. It's no one, I can't blame it. I can't blame shift anyone else. I'm grappling with that self. I'm grappling with that person, that enemy within. And I'm going to go take desperate steps in order to win the battle within. I think that that would actually yield the fruit of righteousness that you and I crave. And so I'm going to offer a prayer for us. Prayer that we would receive the gift of ourselves because God created us in his image and we can love our neighbor as we love ourselves, as the great commandment says. But we can also say, you know what? I'm not done yet. There's still some some ways to go. And I am well aware of the enemy within because I feed its arsenal with these activities and with these habits. But it's time to declare war on the rogue self within and by the grace of God, that self gets lesser and lesser in its strength every single day as I walk the gracious journey with Jesus until finally I'm created into that, I'm made into this image, this finished product that God desires for me to be. So I'm going to pray a prayer over us that we would love the self that we have. We would also go to war with the rogue self that still operates deep within. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we have great depth of gratitude in our hearts because by your grace, you've allowed us to enter into the kingdom. And we belong to Jesus. We are protected. We are free. We're forgiven. And we're also given a path forward. And it's not a a confusing path. It's a straightforward path of loving God, loving neighbor, loving self. And we confess to you this morning, God, sometimes we struggle at loving ourselves because we are so in touch with the things that hang us up and we wonder if we're ever going to be free. There's also a bit of anxiety among us, God, because we uh, understand that we give a lot of time and effort to things and we're concerned along the way whether we're just climbing a ladder that's leaning up against the wrong building. But we thank you that you're a gracious God, a saving God, a God that redeems the time even. And so God, I pray that as we look at our life and give an examination of the things that we care about, that we're committed to, I pray that uh, we might be able to use those things graciously, that we would not use it as a way to compare ourselves to others, that it would not be used against us in self-condemnation and guilt. But I pray that we would live as free people because it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Scott, we also understand that we are an unfinished work and that you continue to transform us in our minds, in our hearts, in our lives. And so God, this day, I pray that you would help us to get a handle on the battle lines within and the, the rogue self that we wrestle against. And I pray that by your grace you'd teach us and I pray that the uh, rogue self that leads us away from uh, the design of Jesus uh, would lose its grip, that its strength would be weakened today and that we would have different patterns of behavior, different values and different joys and concerns that cause righteousness to grow in our life instead of folly and guilt. And so God, this day, help us to make the most of our minutes and moments and our interactions with people today. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.